0: All right, everyone. Welcome back to another interview on the Authors Unite show. Today, we got Grand Master Paul with us. So welcome to the show, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Honored to be here.
0: Of course. Grateful to have you on. So can you kick, kick us off? Tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. I am a professional martial art instructor.
1: I have been teaching and in business for, well, I've been teaching since I was about 15. I started training when I was seven. The reason why I started training is uh, I was uh, bullied as a kid. I wasn't that big. I was kind of short, easy target, and uh, not that, lo- that much confidence. And I had this child bully named Tommy Gonzalez. He lived on my block, and he rode my bus, and he was in my class, and he basically beat the crap out of me every day. My parents put me in martial arts to develop self-confidence and self-defense couple months goes down the road. I ended up getting off the bus and having enough confidence to stand up to him. And ironically, we, we became childhood best friends. I was his best wow. man in his wedding. And funny, I was his best man in his second wedding. So, uh, <laughs> Oh my God. It, it was a true story. You know, I thank him every, every day for beating the crap out of me because if he didn't, I would have never taken martial arts. And um in any event, I... I fell in love with competition and and I and I developed a lot of confidence through Taekwondo Sport and I also fell in love with teaching. And by I was 14, 15 teaching martial arts. I was 18 managing a location for my previous instructor and boss. And at 21, I'd have, I had an opportunity to purchase my first martial art business. And um, I was finding myself without a college degree, and finding something that I was passionate about, but nothing was working. And people would constantly come up to me and say, you know, why do you want to be a martial art professional? You're not going to make a living, go back to college, you want to be a school teacher. And not that a school teacher was bad. It just wasn't my true burning desire. And so it was interesting, someone gave me a book to read, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Have you read that book? Yes, I have. Uh, you know, still to this day, man, I, I, I listen to it on audio once a year, and uh, I fell in love with personal growth. And like, whether I realized it or not, I got my hands on books, audio programs, seminars. You know, so since the early 1990s, I've been inundating myself with personal growth. I spent hundreds and thousands of dollars in personal growth and it really transformed my business back then. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it, but then my business grew and the enrollment grew, I was impacting not just kids because I was so determined to help them develop confidence through martial arts like it did for me, but I found myself injecting personal growth into my business and my organization grew the adults and the people were not only losing weight and feeling better, but their mindset shifted on what I was sharing with them from philosophy standpoint. And I really wanted to help more people with this personal growth stuff that would have never joined my martial art organization. And um, and in any event, I fast forward because of that mindset shift. I, basically took a martial arts school that was going out of business. I built it up to becoming one of the top 10 martial arts schools in the country. I ended up getting into real estate. I, I own multiple real estate investments that house my martial arts schools. I have a, an awesome organization and a team of people that just share our passion and worthy ideal to impact in communities. And while I basically not only share them uh, with my team and help other families through the martial art philosophy, but I ended up attracting like-minded individuals into my life. We wrote a book called You Have Infinite Power. So I co-authored that book. And we opened up another company called Empowered Mastery. And really I have an opportunity to inspire and impact entrepreneurs and professionals that would have never walked into my martial arts school really Shift their way of thinking and taking some of the martial art principles that I have implemented into my life, along with the personal growth. And we kind of trademark this life life philosophy into helping people create what I call multidimensional success and having success in all areas of their life while maintaining, you know, a healthy lifestyle, having passion, and really creating a fulfilling life in, in whatever their in, professional and home life relationship, and relationship, and more importantly, just their health. And uh, I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to lead, to inspire and share with people what this life philosophy has done for me.
0: Yes, man. That is an incredible <laughs> introduction. Uh, so, and I, I really appreciate it because you walked us through like the whole storyline. So I actually want to start and go all the way back to the beginning can you tell me about the transition between you and your bully friend? Uh, well, you and the bully to then becoming your friend. Like how, how did that transition there? It, you know, it, it was interesting, you know, as I, you know, I
1: created bullies programs since then, just because the understanding the psychology of why kids bully and so on and so forth. But in, in reality, you know, I was an easy target. And I think that, you know, he was already getting bullied at home. His, You know, when you look back, and his, his dad ended up being a great dad. He's, he passed away, but back then, his dad was an alcoholic, and, you know, he he was abusive to him and his older brothers. older brothers abusive to him, and basically, my friend Tommy just unleashed on me, but he was looking for someone that was an easy target, and I was. I wasn't confident. I didn't believe in myself. I was always short, but when I, now, I don't really preach this a lot, but, I have different phases that i say walk away use verbal commands you know but um i did end up picking him in the nose <laughs> but uh mm. but uh yeah he just never picked on me ever again after that I, I stood up to myself for myself you know
0: mm-hmm. and um but then after that though after you hit him in the nose then i you're, are you kind of saying like it was kind of like, i guess maybe he respected you after that then- yeah
1: i guess so you know it, it we just that was it we just He stopped picking on me and, you know, I basically looked at him like, all right, are we good? And he's like, we're good. And we just, (laughs) you know, friends, you know, and um, yes, still to this day, my my brother's actually getting married this week and he's in the wedding party. He's like my brother, you know, and.
0: uh, That's awesome.
1: So it it was a good, a, a negative situation that turned into a really great opportunity in life.
0: Got it. Okay. And then you did mention your book as, as well. So can you walk us through kind of like the backstory of the book, how you came up with the book, and then the, the writing process of it? Sure, absolutely. You know, you know, here I was, I was impacting so many students through
1: martial arts, and I love personal growth, and it really made a significant difference in my personal life, my business life, and the people I was sharing it with. And I wanted to impact more people. I have a, a best friend and co-author. He's also a grandmaster, Grandmaster Chris Burlow. He is also one of the co-authors. And we attracted, ironically, one of my students. He was a second-degree black belt. His name is Nick Palumbo. He was a, a very successful financial planner, advisor, great practice in, in New York. And, you know, he's a second-degree black belt with me. And I, I really wanted to engage him cuz i had this vision of becoming this quote life coach speaker inspirational coach and he's like i want to do that too and i'm like really <laughs> he's like yeah and so we kind of networked and we formally company empowered mastery and originally it was my my co-author Chris Barolo and Nick, and we had another one of his best friends that was a retired millionaire. This guy Rick Wallman, retired at the age of thirty-nine, multimillionaire. You think everything's successful, like when it comes to money, and you know, imagine retiring at thirty-nine, no financial worries, but yet he was unhappy, and he was overweight, and he was divorced, and you know, all this stuff, and he kind of got involved with our life philosophies. Long story short. He kind of took on some of the things that we were teaching, became a partner, and we actually wrote this book. And we came up with the, an acronym called transformation, collectively, the four of us. And it obviously, each letter in the book spells out transformation. And the first chapter is thought. So everything, everything that <laughs> happens in, the, in life, starts with our thoughts. You know, you have conscious or subconscious mind. You probably know this already. And you have a choice to accept or reject anything that's given to you. And the second chapter is replacing emotional scars. And really that comes down to what I believe is you, you and I have paradigms that are within us. And these paradigms are either paralyzing us into action or inaction Or they're inspiring us, and I'm talking like you know I have generational paradigms from you know my parents and grandparents. You know I make a fun of myself. You know I'm an Italian New Yorker, right? And growing up, I heard my mom like, "You got to get married to an Italian girl. You got to get married in the Catholic Church. You got to have lots of kids and live close next to your family." And I'm not anything that was wrong with all that, but I don't know. You know, at 25, I got married and i married gina marie silo and my sister's gina marie my brother-in-law's paul i'm paul my dad's paul my nephew's paul <laughs> you know like it, it feels like it's a goodfellas movie you know what i mean Yeah. it's hysterical i mean because i was wired for all this you know programming on what i was supposed to do in life again not that anything's wrong with that but some paradigms, man, could hold us back or inspire us. And it's, you gotta investigate those things that are happening within our lives and see if it's serving you or not. So each chapter spells out this word transformation. And to the, the last part of the chapter in the book is the new you. So by the time we complete this process, we have a new way of thinking, new way of life. And uh, it's a really cool. I think a uh, unique way of approaching how we think and how to transform your life to, to create fulfillment and happiness.
0: Got it. Okay. And then uh, for, for the real estate, I'm curious, can you walk us through that um, as well as like your process for for your commercial real estate?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I wrote about it in our book. There's a chapter where, you know, you talk about opportunity and being persistent and you know i think that there's these are unique abilities that people have and martial arts really helped me develop that is to be disciplined and persistent and you know my first property i bought it was almost like an abandoned 3500 square foot facility and i i called first of all i i looked the property and and they were selling it at the time i think in 1998 or 1999 for like 500 600 dollars and i ended up calling it down and i said hey my name is paul malella i'm a local small business owner and i just looked at this property i just want to find out who the owner is so i find out that there was this couple that owned it and it happened to be an older italian couple that now live where they live in florida i end up calling up this this woman and and i explained to her what do i do for a living and how long i've been teaching in the community and she was like well it's my husband's building and he left it to me and ironically the people that were selling it um didn't have the right to sell it it had like a lease with option to buy and so they tried to sell it behind the old lady's back. So I always, you know, friended her and like, listen, I'm willing to purchase it. And I called her every single week, her and her attorney for like months and months to stay diligent while she was going through litigations. And it's so funny. She got so fed up because I was so persistent with her. Where that price was cer was six hundred thousand. She asked me how much were they trying to sell it to you for? She said, I'll sell it to you for three hundred thousand. You know, and then and before you know it, she got so fed up, she's like, Paul, I'm paying these taxes and I'm sick and tired of the litigation with everybody. I just wanna and you seem like a really nice young man and, and you're so nice in what you do for these kids. I'm gonna sell it to you for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. And when I tell you I almost fell off and shit on myself, over the, you know, on the phone, man. I was like, what? And I purchased my first property for a hundred thousand dollars. I put a, maybe another 50 to a hundred into it. And I had a beautiful, you know, 3,500 square foot building. Since then I added like a million dollar addition on it. And so I'm so adamant on finding what kind of building I want. And ironically, every property that I purchased, I find somebody who owned the property, who had a business that just wants out. I find a property that is close to a Home Depot or a Lowe's because they do the diligence for me. And then I also find a property that's within 10 miles from an existing property I have. Cause we own martial arts schools. Right. So I want to like, you know, dominate that demographic. And I don't know if you want to call this a law of attraction or whatever like that, you know, but I put my focus on what I want. And for every single one that we, we've knock on wood, we've attracted and found properties exactly like that. People that owned it, that want out, I for a really good deal. And, um, I just stay persistent until I get it. And, um, now we get to house these martial art businesses within our real estate. So I'm paying myself. I'm a landlord and a tenant at the same time, right? So um, it's a, my world, it's a, it's a great business model.
0: Yeah, man, that, that's awesome. That's a heck of a deal to start out. <laughs> yeah. um, so question for you. How much do you think martial arts, uh, and actually, maybe I'll word it a little differently. Cause, cause obviously, martial arts has attributed a lot to your business success. So, but can you kind of dive in and explain like how so? Yeah, well, first off,
1: I believe confidence is key, you know, and I wasn't confident growing up. You know, I, my mother would say I was outgoing and this, but I really wasn't confident and martial arts really established a lot of self-esteem for me. And I'm, I'm sure that you would agree, you know, you have confidence in yourself and you can do anything. You know, public speaking is like the number one fear in people. I think number two biggest fear in people is like death or burning alive or something like that. You know, so we we not only like in the martial art business. You know, we inspire our, our students, and you know, predominantly kids and families is my market. I'm not like a mixed martial art person. We're a very family oriented organization and um, very positive environment and so on and so forth and we work a lot on leadership training public speaking skills character development and I truly believe that confidence really contributed to the success that I had. so that to answer your question confidence is number one number two it taught me to focus and I had I still have it I have adult ADD adult ADHD you know and back then you know I'm 45 years old but back then they didn't, you know, they didn't just say I was crazy, you know, a little wild, you know, I don't have any self-control, you know, all the teachers yeah. count me out. I wish I could go back to middle school and high school and tell all those guidance counselors and teachers who, all my parents, I wouldn't amount to anything, you know, I'd love to just kind of share with them where we're at. Um, and so I think the self-confidence is number one, number two is my ability to focus. My ability to focus and how I relate it to my coaching clients now is you got to be able to focus on different areas of your life, you know, and I got clients that are multi millionaires, but yet if they're divorced, they have horrible relationships with their significant other, I don't think that's successful. You know, I got people that are clients that are very spiritual. Like I have clients that could be, they have an Orthodox Jewish faith, I have a Christian faith. You know, they're so engulfed to their spirituality, their higher power, but if, if they can't pay their bills, man, that's not success. And I had clients that are maybe even gym owners and they're physically fit, but if they don't know about true internal vitality and they're getting sick all the time, well, time is the only thing that you and I can't recoup, you know, to me, that's not success, you know, or if you're just unhappy with your career, not being successful when I think about focus, I think about how we can apply what I, what I call in my book, the core four. What are the four tires on your car or your vehicle of life? You know, for me, it's health and vitality is my number one. It's even more important than my, my, my relationship with my wife and my time with my family. And then, so I have health, relationships, meaning my real intimate relationship with my wife, my family, meaning my two children, my parents, my siblings, is my third area of life. My fourth area is career or work or money. And a lot of people challenge me, like, you put health in front of your wife and your kids? And I go, yeah, I do. I can have the best organization in the world. I can make a, a shit ton of money. I can have a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. But if I have cancer or heart failure or heart attack, it don't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. I got, I got to take care of my health so I can be a great dad. I can be a great husband. I can be a great leader. And that, I'm not trying to superimpose my areas of life on anyone. But that's, everyone has their own definition of success. That's mine. You know?
0: Yeah, I agree with it too. It makes sense. Well, and I think if you take care of your health, it, I think things kind of, it's not, this isn't true. They don't take care of themselves, but it makes everything else easier. Right. So because if you're very unhealthy, it's kind of hard to be a good like husband probably or, or a good father. Right. If you're very unhealthy, it's probably hard to stay like focused uh, at doing work because, you know, you're groggy and, and everything's foggy. You know, One hundred percent. but it's it's just like for me, I've noticed that it, for me, I do I do a run like something cardio every morning. And I notice if I miss it, like that day for me is a little bit off. But when I do, it's so easy for me to just sit down, get to work, and just get into this flow state um, because I feel good. You know, like I did my did my run. So, um, uh, the the next question for you is basically with those four um, pillars that that you said. Is there, like, how, how did you come up with them? Like, was there something, like, in your past that maybe happened and you're like, all right, I got to get these things in order? Or was it just, like, kind of naturally you, you figured these four elements out and then, like, put them in this order?
1: Definitely not naturally. You know, in our book, we identify 14 areas of life. Mm-hmm. And out of the 14, we actually help our clients kind of hone in on what their core four are. And I believe that everybody – is in a different season of their life or their career. When I first started thinking this way, you know, I'll be honest. I, at the time I wasn't married. I wasn't, um, I wasn't a dad yet. And I I mean, I, I was in the spring season of my life. Let's just call it. When I say, when I refer to spring, it's like, if, even if I have a coaching client that's just starting their career, they're still single, you know, they're not married. They're not a parent. Dude, you're in the spring season of your life. You know, you don't got to worry about your wife or your husband or your kids yet. And you got to worry about business, your money, your health, having fun, maybe your social, you know, environment or some people are getting into charity or, you know, whatever. But it was different. My original, like when I really started working on my personal growth, working on why I do what I do, my legacy, who I am as a person. What's important to me? Back then I was like, oh, money, number one, money, work, number one. You know, uh, you know, my physical appearance, what I look like. I didn't really think about health, internal health and vitality. I think they're two completely different things, right? And and then maybe like my family, my siblings. I'm an Italian New Yorker, I'm the oldest out of five kids, so family's really important to us you know, and it always was and still is. And then, you know, you know, maybe the relation I was dating my wife at the time, maybe, you know, maybe we're just about to en- get engaged. And here's the question. Who do I ultimately want to be with in my lifetime? That was something I asked. Who do I ultimately want to be with in my lifetime? How do I want to be remembered? You no, know? I don't care if I'm a Ferrari. If I got three flat tires, that Ferrari can't drive. Right, and so that's when I really had a uh, a paradigm shift, right, as I call it. And I said to me, um, I said to myself, uh, I have to focus on my health. And that at that point, health and vitality became my number one, right then and there. And the reason why is because I can have the best business, the best wife, the best kids without my health. Doesn't mean squat. I then chose relationships to be my number two. Now, when I when I refer to that, it means my relationship with my wife. I'm married 19 years. We've been together for I think 23 or 24 years, and I said to myself, "That's like a foundation. If I have a strong foundation, I can build a strong house. If I have a crappy foundation, my house is going to fall down." So I put a lot of focus and attention towards keeping that foundation strong. Third area of life is my family. Now I'm going to refer to my children. I have a 13, we have a 13 year old and 11 year old, a girl and a boy. And of course I'm very grateful. My, both my parents are alive. Both my in-laws are alive. My siblings are all here. And family's my number three. Number four is my career or money. You know, and there are times when career and money might, take precedent over one or the other. And I have to like do something temporarily. But in my world, the very first thing that I have to do is take care of my health. So like when I wake up at five, I meditate, I stretch, and I do all empowering statements like in the morning. Then I have tea with my wife and kids. Then I take care of my family. Then I meal prep or have breakfast with them. Get them on the bus. You know, then I go train and work out. Before I do all that before I even get on the phone to do a coaching call, before I attend a meeting or do anything career-wise. Like you said, you had to run or do cardio, take care of yourself, do you energize for your day? That's what I do. I, I have to hit my core four before I enter the door or exit the door, meaning before I enter this office, you know, I did something towards my health, something uh, from my relationship, something to my family, even if it's a small amount of time before I focus on career. Yeah. And in my world, I'm focusing, and to answer your question, that to me that's, you know, focusing. And then the third thing is discipline. You know, how do I time block that? How do I schedule those things in my day? You know, and then to answer your question originally is I, I believe confidence, focus, and discipline are the three things I took from martial arts that now I'm implementing into my personal life, and also helping people implement into their personal, professional life.
0: Got it. Yeah, man. Dude, that, that, is, uh, that is incredible. <laughs> um, so can you, and, and that just process to me makes so much sense. Can you share like some stories of like when things, so obviously when you were younger, you, you know, you got bullied, as you said, but like, has it, it hasn't just been on the up, right? Like has there been times where like things were going well and then, like something, like there was a class or something, like dig yourself out of it and then you use the tools that maybe you teach in this book to like get out of yeah. it. Like, hey, listen, the, anyone
1: that says they don't want to face any adversity or have bad days is a complete liar, right? <laughs> it's it just, it just anyone that says that, you know, and, you know, I, I believe you have to choose where you put your focus and attention. You know, and, um, we are faced with challenges and adversity all the time, you know, and it's just how I live my life or how I choose to redirect, you know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I want to be like Darth Vader and like choke everybody out. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so for me to stand here and go, Oh, I'm so positive all the time. Bullshit. You know, no, I'm human like everybody else. And I experience those thoughts and emotions and 15, 20 years ago, I would have had a bad day, and that bad day would have been a bad week, a bad month, and a bad year. You know what I mean? Now, what I've learned is I've learned to redirect and redirect my focus and my attention, and I break my emotional state a lot faster now than I did 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, so um, a funny story is, You asked that question two years ago, we acquired a property and we were building out another martial arts school, two floors. I was going to rent out the second floor, built out one of our business models on the first floor and we hired a contractor and the contractor, you know, engaged us and we started to do some work and long story short, we acquired the property October 1st. I'm thinking it's going to take two or three months to build out. You know, that's a long time. October, nothing. A little bit of work. November, nothing. December, I'm like, man, what's going on? Like, oh, you know, I just need the rest of the money, and we'll have it all set. I'm going to bang it all out. Oh, okay, really? All right. And then I get a weird vibe, and I get to that next Monday. All the tools are gone. Basically, took 60 grand of our money and bolted to Arizona, Right. Wow. So now there's this, those are the Grand Master Malella voice, right? But then there was like Mafia Malella. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, Mafia Malella wanted to fly out to Arizona and kind of be pull a little good fellas movie. But I really had to control my thoughts, you know, and I said, okay, it is what it is. I can be angry. I can be. You know, focusing on all the steps and whatever, that's not going to serve me. What do we have to do to get this thing done? You know, and, you know, you're talking about, you got to surround yourself with like-minded people that support you. I'm so grateful for my business partner, uh, you know, Chris Burlow, who is also a co-author of the book, and he's the most optimistic guy in the world, man like he was like proactively decided we have to think of what's good about this. How can we grow from this? You know, how are we going to get this thing? We have to think solution, solution, solution. I believe your mind's like a computer, man. You ask dumb questions, you're going to get dumb answers. Mm-hmm. You ask questions that are not going to serve you and get or get you angry and pissed. You're going to get those answers. So we basically just put our focus and attention on solutions on what we wanted to see happen and, you know, long story short, you know, we had to do certain things ourselves, sacrifice, you know, to go up there and complete the, the build out. And so we can open up that business and stop the bleeding. You know, I didn't have time to be angry. I didn't have time to focus in on all that. That, that didn't matter. I only had a, only enough energy and time to focus on solutions and outcomes that I wanted to see happen. And that's where I chose to put my focus and attention. Not easy to do. Right.
0: Yeah. No, and I'm so glad you said that because that's actually something I've, I've also realized about myself. Like when I was younger, like when things would go wrong, I would let it, like you said earlier, I would let it drag out for so long. So, like a bad day would become a bad month. And like, you know, the older I've gotten, it's, just, it's almost like, a bad thing is now maybe minutes at the most, you know? Um, And then I'm just like, okay, how do I fix this? Or what, what can I do to keep going forward instead of like, you know, going into a month spiral of like sadness or something over something, you know? Exactly Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's huge because no matter what, even if you got a hundred million dollars in the bank, there can always be something that just comes unexpectedly. Um, So it's, it's, you know, it's about continuing to move forward no matter what. Um, so, you know, last question really for you is uh, the book, is, is it available in all stores? It is. Yeah, we're, uh, we're on Amazon. Um, you have
1: infinite power. It's on Audible, audible.com. Got it. Well. And um, all bookstores, Amazon and, and
0: audible.com as well. Okay. And then for you, if people want to go, what's, what's the website? And then if they want to connect with you personally, what's the best like social media? Yep. Empowered
1: mastery, empowered com is our website. And I'm on, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn or on Instagram. It, it, it may be Paul Malella, M E L E L L A. And, uh, maybe on, uh, I think, uh, Facebook, it might be Master Paul Malella. LinkedIn, it'll probably be Paul Malella Jr.
0: Got it. Okay. Well, listen, man, thanks for sharing uh, the story. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show.
1: We are, I'm so grateful and thank you for having me.